Attention listeners, before we dive into today's episode, we wanted to let you know this conversation with the King of Juco does contain explicit language, which may not be suitable for all audiences, so parental discretion is advised if you choose to join us. I think you'll be blown away by what a story he has, how he's gone from being a childhood baseball player in Korea to now becoming one of the most prominent, well-known voices in baseball. It's an inspiring story. It's an incredible story. We recorded this conversation with him during the World Series. If you continue listening, you're in for a special one. Now on to the episode. Welcome back to the Bruce Bowl Podcast, where we talk with baseball's best and brightest. Bear is back, although slightly under the weather. Slightly. He's playing through the pain. And today, the reason you're doing that is because we've got a we got a very special guest. Do. One and a half million followers or more across all platforms. That's that's what I've heard. A little calculation on my part may even be bigger than that. Drafted by by the San Francisco Giants just a few years ago. And it's 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 Mr. Lift Big, throw gas, hit bombs himself. Eric Sims, King of Juco. Round of applause, everybody. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having Eric, me on, guys. To the pod, man. Thank you. Thank you. Very excited to be here. You were at game five last night, right? I was. I was. How was that? That was insane, I, right? It was insane. The atmosphere is crazy. And the game was pretty close until the end. And then the fans, fans, fans were on their feet, man, most of the time. And it's my first World Series game ever. It was a pretty incredible atmosphere. And, and I got to meet a lot of the, the baseball influencers and pro baseball players and stuff like that. So it was just a nice little cool, you know, a little getaway from what I'm doing on a daily basis and kind of seeing familiar faces. So that's an insane first game to get to go to. Game five where the Rangers take it home for their first title. That ever. Was Dude, I mean, it was it was a good game. It was actually a really good game until the last inning, and then uh, Seawall kind of gave it up at the end with a Simeon bomb and stuff like that. But yeah, it, it was just fun to watch baseball in real life, man. You know, because we all watch it on TV, but when you go just watch it, it just it just atmosphere is crazy. You know, pe- people like D-backs fans, man, you gotta give them props. They were on their feet most of the time. It was it was pretty exciting. Yeah, no, that's cool. I saw you met Disarm. Disarm, that's right, that's right. Yeah, I've, I've done some stuff with them prior, and uh, he's a homie, so. Yeah, we so my dad and I we went up to game two the other day in okay. So I got that's right. I think he said he was there. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know that was the only game the Diamondbacks won. We were at that one. So <laughs> yeah. either we're a bad luck charm for the Rangers or a good luck charm for the yeah. Diamondbacks. I don't know how you however you want to put it. All right. Well, so that's super cool. Let's kind of move in. Before we go to anything baseball, just kind of tell us tell us about you. Tell us about your, you know, how you grew up, you know, where, you know. Just, just your background, like the story of King of Juco. Little, little origin story. Origin story. Yeah, my origin story is not the usual. It's a little fucked up, actually. You know, to be honest. But yeah, I've done. I grew up in. A, I was born in South Korea. I grew up there as a as a child, and I, I grew up playing baseball there. Now, playing baseball over in Korea twenty years ago, it was it was it was insane. So, like, I'll, let me just tell you my day to day how it was when I was. 10 years old. Okay. When I was 10 years old, I'll take the bus in the morning. Wouldn't go to school. We go straight to practice. We go straight to the field, right? Oh yeah. If you play any kind of sport in Korea or Japan, these other countries, like you do that, you do that. That's that's what you do. Because I think, because competition is so crazy over there with such a little land, just little opportunities. Like people just go full sense. So when I was 10, right? Hear me out. 
When I was 10, I will take the bus. It'll take me 45 minutes to get to practice or get to the field, okay? I get to the field. We practice, man, from 8.30 in the morning till literally fucking 7, 8 p.m. It was it was crazy. And, I'm, and, and again, like, we're talking like, Again, it's 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 less like that now, as what I heard. But I, I mean, it's still a lot of that is still happening. But I mean, I just get beat up, man. It's just crazy. Like coaches were like gods over there, and like like I'll never forget this. We're taking in and out. I'm I'm a catcher. I've always been a catcher, and I'm at the home plate. And coach hits a fungo to left fielder. Right left fielder catches it and just yips up a throw. Kid is like 10, 11, like my age, you know. And then coach goes, hey. And then the left fielder sprints all the way from left field, right? Gets in the push-up position, and he literally hits him with the fungal like a couple times on like the like the butt area. And then he runs back crying to his position. And you do it again. Like that, that, like that was what I was used to. You know, it's just a culture shock for you guys, obviously. Even what to me, what was a culture shock was when I moved to Canada after that, right? I moved to Canada when I was 13, okay? So I grew up playing baseball in South Korea. And I moved to Canada when I was 13. When I went there, the practice was like 45 minutes, you know? <laughs> and coaches are giving you high fives. I'm like, what the fuck is a high five? I've never seen that, you know? Like, it was, it was just an insane um, adjustment for me. Of course, my biggest challenge was when I moved, I didn't speak in English. So that was a biggest challenge for me to learn that. And obviously, I speak it well now. But yeah, man, going for just... Grew up in South Korea, just in a really hectic baseball setting. All I knew was baseball, 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 nothing else. You don't go to school. You got to make it. If you don't make it, you're just going to be a loser. Okay. So you got to make it to the KBO, which over here is the big leagues. So you just got to make it. That's it. That you don't do anything else. And, and me going to that until I was 13, I started playing ball when I was eight to 30. So about five years, I didn't really go to school, man. I didn't learn anything, nothing. Like I just played baseball. And I moved to Canada when I was 13, near Vancouver area. And I, I, I'll never forget, man, the, the first practice I go. And again, like, I wanted to keep playing baseball because that's what I'm, like, that was my passion, right, as a kid. So my mom didn't speak in English at the time either. And she just, like, took me to this local baseball practice, right, just some small town. And I go and just, like, like coach is smiling. I'm like, why are you smiling at me? Like, you should, you should be mad, you know? Like, you're like. <laughs> He's like smiling, giving me high fives. Like, what is happening, right? So, and, and, and the practice was like an hour. All the kids were smiling, running around, basically like fucking around. Not, nothing, no practice is getting done. It's just having fun. And I'm just like, this is wild. You know, like to me, that was such a culture shock to me. It's like, like baseball's fun. Like what, what? Because I was so used to just like tense 24-7. We were practicing 10 hours a day. You know, our parents in Korea were like, forced to come and cook for us for the entire day and stuff, whether you want to or not, doesn't matter. Like you're, when you're playing baseball or any sport over there, seriously, like your parents are fully involved, everything. Right. And it's just like going from that to an hour practice, having fun, smiling, giving high five. I'm like, this is sick. You know, like, so, so I was like, this is awesome. And I, of course, like I, that from then on though, instead of playing it as my, like a fucking, I have to play that became more of a, Oh shit. Like, it's fun. Like, like, uh, I like baseball now, you know? So I started to enjoy baseball a little more. And, and again, a lot of people might be like, dude, like what, you know, but again, at the time in Korea, the culture difference over there, coaches are like gods, like whatever they say you do, you know, it doesn't, there's no ifs or buts, you do it. You know what I'm saying? So 
it's from all that to Canada and went to high school and everything in Canada. It was fantastic. Now the obviously the challenge was speaking English, right? Because English, is, I mean, you don't just pick up another language like, like that, right? So it took me about four or five years just to get like the, some hearing, you know, like I couldn't speak. Like, I mean, I, I couldn't speak for years. So all I would do, I would go to English second language classes, ESL classes, just to pick up little things. But I mean, those are a very slow progress, right? And be in mind that I didn't go to school in Korea either. So I didn't know how to like, like study, you know, like I just like, I didn't know how to do any of that. So I need to pick all that up while going to ESL classes. But I, while you're going to ESL, it's not like you just do that. You still got to go like math classes and stuff like that. I have no idea what the teachers are saying. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just trying to like, just read facial expressions and figure out what the hell he's trying to say. And I, and I have no idea what's going on, you know? So, and I did that my whole high school career or high school years. So I basically didn't speak a whole lot for like the first three years of high school. And I mean, that's not easy, right? Especially if you're a high school kid, you want to, you know, like be a kid, right? I mean, you want to hang out with your friends or whatever. It was tough for me. Luckily, I did play baseball. So I did have like baseball friends and they were very, I mean, in Canada, I mean, the the kids were so nice and there's like, so like, like, like they'll use their hands to, to communicate with me, which was fucking fantastic. You know, like, so I'll never forget that, man. Some of those friends I still talk to, to this day. And, and, and I went to high school there in Canada and I, and I did take baseball pretty serious, obviously coming from Korean culture. Like it was still like, I want to, I just want to see how far I can make it right in baseball. So kept on playing hard. I played well in high school, but it is very hard to get recruited, especially this was, we're talking about over 10 years ago and it's a small town in Canada. So like nowadays kids can throw up a video on online. You can get a bunch of coaches DM you, right? So we didn't have any of that. So I basically just had to like ball out every single day and get that. There's like a small window of going down South. Now I wasn't that good to go to like play for team Canada and stuff like that, which a lot of the really good kids did. So luckily though, my junior college, I went to JUCO in Kansas for two years called Kobe Community College. The coach's uh, younger brother saw me up playing up in Canada and he's like, oh shit, he's pretty good. You know? So he called the, the brother who was an assistant coach at the time. He drove from Kansas to Vancouver, which is about 30 hours in his little shitty little truck with his little dog. He like came out, I'll never forget that he came up, saw me play, offered me a scholarship right away. So I signed full ride to Kobe Community College. And for me at the time, because I don't come from like super wealthy family, even like immigrating to Canada and stuff was a lot of burden for my family. So I needed money to go to those, don't get, go to college. You know, I couldn't go somewhere where my parents were paying for it. I just, that was not an option. So for me, full ride was everything. And I ended up getting full ride to go to a small, tiny JUCO in Kansas. And that's where my whole brand kind of started too, right? So you just, I went there, it's shitty. You know, it's, it's, it's a town of about 5,000 people. Okay. They don't, there's nothing to do. I'm talking fucking, there's nothing. You, there's like a little shitty bowling alley. And that's about it, man. That is about all that town's (laughs) got. And, and that was a blessing to me though, right? Because especially if you're 18, 17, you're a shithead. You just need some ass kicking, you know? And that's exactly what I needed at that age to go to a small, tiny JUCO in Kansas. And like, there's nothing else to do but ball out and go to school and make sure you get decent enough grades so that I can play baseball, you know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, I ended up balling out. My freshman year was tough. It was an adjustment, right? I'll never forget it, man. I've been to a lot of changes obviously you've seen like i went from korea to canada canada to like kansas and stuff like that it's a it's a it's a it's it's a lot you know it's a lot for a kid to take but i'll never forget it because in high school like i said i was good i was good player i was better than most kids 
I went to GCO. I remember the fall practice. First day, I show I'm like, like these, everyone's bigger and stronger, man. These kids are hitting, these dudes are hitting fucking tanks over the fences. I'm like, because I never lifted. Like working out at the time when I was in high school was not a thing. Like they were talking again years ago. So like that was not, these kids nowadays, I mean, they fucking lift when they're like 13. They have a full-on program and stuff. It's wild. But like we didn't have that. So I, I went and I never lifted weights. And I go to a GCO. And these kids were like lifting weights. I'm like, what? Why are you lifting weights? Like that was not a that was not a thing. I thought I just all I had to do is practice baseball all day, you know, like be better. But like kids were stronger, faster. They were throwing harder, obviously. So I'm seeing instead of seeing, I don't know, 78, 82, you know, sometimes you'll see mid-80s in high school. If you throw 90, you're fucking like you're team Canada, you know, basically is where I came from. To like seeing high 80s all the time, right? I'm just like, wow. damn, dude, like what with the off speed and stuff like that, right? So and I remember that first fall practice, I'd go there, and I am I was not that good. Even though I was on a full ride, I was barely hitting the ball in the infield and stuff. That was probably the biggest ass-kicking in my life. I'm like, okay, I thought I was good. I'm I'm not that fucking good. I'm a nobody. So from then on, man, I basically just worked my ass off. I recently linked up with my JUCO coach as well. He came up to see me like a few days ago because his daughter was having like a little baseball tournament. We're still talking about my old days. I'll take the cage keys from the coach and i'll just like just go and just fucking i'll just keys will be gone all the time because i'm fucking in there you know like i was in there every day every day and we didn't have an indoor facility it's a juco man i mean shit you don't expect a little d1 facility you know so it's we threw in the optic winter gets really cold in kansas with yeah. it was snowing with windshield it was terrible so all i had was a shitty outdoor cage which i had to hit out there most of the time, even though it's snowing, I don't give a shit. I'm out there, you know? Or if I want to throw, we had a little basketball court, little gym that was that had like a coach threw up a little shitty net at the top by the hoop. And I'll just do long toss like every day. I'm talking, that's probably the most degaff where I was been like for in terms of training. Like I was like, I'm like lifting every day, wow. you know, throwing, hitting every single day because I realized I was not that good, right? Like I I thought I was good, you know, in high school and everything. I thought I was good. And I would go there. I'm like, dude, these, all these assholes are better than me. So I'm like, I'm not going to just like be shittier. You know, that's, that's, I have to succeed in baseball. So I ended up balling out, training every day. And I got, ended up getting stronger, faster. I started hitting tanks. So my sophomore year, I was, I balled out. I was, I think I was the second team all conference and stuff like that. After that is when they, when the opportunities started coming, right? So again, out of high school, I had zero offers. The only offer was the JUCO that came up to see me. Like that was in mid-May. The only reason they did that because of their catcher that committed to him backed out last minute. And coach still tells it, tells me that it was like the biggest blessing in the sky for them because I went there and balled out as their number one catcher for two years. So yeah, it ended up after the sophomore showcase in JUCO, I got like 60 plus offers. Funny story was because I'm from Canada, right? So I was still on a Canadian phone plan. My mom calls me. He's like, what the fuck are you doing over there? Why is the phone bill so high? It was like three, <laughs> 400 bucks. And I'm like, mom, I'm telling you, like, these are schools calling me. I'm not fucking around. Like, these are like schools I want to sign me. She's like, oh, okay. Like, she, she understood it, you know? Like, I've never, like, you know, like, I've never paid a well like 40 bucks, you know? The yeah. che cheapest phone plan you can get in JUCO, you know what I'm saying? She's like, 300 bucks? What is going on, you know? But, <laughs> Those are all the schools I want to sign me, man. So I got offers from D2s, NAIAs, uh, D1s. 
I ended up, and then I ended up choosing University of South Florida, which is a mid-major D1 in Tampa, Florida. Uh, and I went on the visits to multiple schools. And I don't know if they're not going off too much. Like I know, I don't know if you guys want to chat, man, or whatever. You keep like going. I'm just listening. I don't know about you. <laughs> My story again is pretty fucked up. So I'm just like, you know, like. But if you guys got anything to say, let me know. But yeah, ended up getting getting bunch of calls, love calls from schools, and ended up going to a visit to Texas Pan America, which at the time they were NAIA. They're trying to get to like a D2 program or whatever. I go on a visit. This is my first college visit, right? And I'm like, I didn't know what to expect. I go there. It's a, like, I'm coming from a small town in Kansas. Our field was dog shit. It was, it was snowing. It was cold. Dude, when the season started in February, like, Juco season starts a little bit earlier. Dude, we were shoveling snow off the field, bro. Oh every fucking spring just to play that game, you know? And we're, I'm playing in, like, 40-degree weather with, like, negative windshield. Like, it was oh terrible. And the wind over there is, dude, Kansas wind, like, is one of the worst I've ever felt. Like, when it's cold like that, bro, like, your whole skin is, like, it's on fire because it's so cold, you know? Like, you're, like, you're, like, three, four layers. Like, you got, like, he- like you're just trying to survive. Luckily, I had a catching gear on because I was a catch. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm better than these guys, you know, because I'm wearing the gear, you know? That's how bad it was. To that, too, I'll go to South Texas, and it's fucking, like, it's hot out, you know? Like, it's nice. Yeah. And at the time, they were they were they were using like a little like X AAA stadium or something like that. They had access to. They didn't have a school field. They were a pretty small program, but they had access to this triple. I'm like, dude, you get you guys get to play in AAA stadium? Like what? Like what? Is, yeah, let me sign here, right? So I call my coach. I'm like, hey, like Rocco, like I want to sign here. He's like, no, 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 Just don't do it. I got I got, I got other schools, better schools calling for you. So don't. I'm like, okay, whatever. I come back as soon as I come back. I get a call from Louisiana Monroe, which they're they're a pretty good program, man. They're they're the really good coaching staff that year, and they balled out. They're like a first rounder that year as well, shortstop. So they're really good. And I go to this field, right? And then when you go to these visits, man, they take care of you. They get all your food, drinks, whatever. It's beautiful. And I go there, go on a field, and their field is like like, like smaller, but like it's their own field. I'm like, oh, they have their own field, so they can practice whenever or whatnot. And then they had barbecue grills set up from like first baseline all the way to the third baseline. So when there's games going on there, like just barbecue, like, all right. like smokes, like all that. I'm like, I've never seen that. I'm like, this is like the greatest thing I've ever seen. You know, like I, like I need to sign here. And they offered me scholarship as well when I went there. And I called my coach and my coach, like, I got to sign here, man. This place got barbecue grills on their plane. <laughs> I've never seen that, man. I got to sign here, bro. And then he's like, no, 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 just, just wait. You know, we got, we got, we got other schools lined up for you, like bigger, better. I'm like, dude, come on, man. All right. I'm like, whatever. Okay. So I don't sign there. I come home. Literally when I come back home, I get a call from USF South Florida. They're looking for a catcher and they're in, dude, it's in Tampa, Florida, bro. Like, yeah. like Tampa, Florida, like where I'm, I'm coming from. Kobe, Kansas to Tampa, Florida. Like this is like, this is a this is a fucking upgrade and a half, bro. Like, yeah. This is unreal. So I remember I'm going to I wanted to visit. I go there. I mean the coaches take care of me. Field was nice and just like I remember like the the dude that was already there. He's like a sophomore. He took care of me, but got me beers. Like fucking like hanging out. You know he invited some like you know girls over at the house. I'm like what is this? Like this. I've never seen this, you know, I've never done this, you know, at a, at a huge school. And then you go in 
It's a it's a brand new apartment complex that we're living in, and it was fucking big leagues. It was like I'm like this is this is ridiculous. Like I'm coming from I lived in a closet in JUCO. So in my sophomore oh, year, no joke, this is still like legendary story in at Kobe. I I paid fifty dollars a month because I was broke. I paid fifty dollars a month to live in a closet from our baseball house, and our wow. baseball house was already small. It's a three shitty three bedroom house. It is bad and then they had a little closet area right all you could fit in was a mattress and that was it <laughs> and so all i did was basically throw on a fucking mattress and i and i slept there i slept for the entire year paying 50 bucks a month wow, which is wow. you don't i mean that's basically free you know so i paid 50 bucks all i threw in a mattress i had a little shitty tiny little fridge and that was it man and that's what i had that's what i survived it that's what i survived my i survived the entire year of my sophomore year of JUCO in that. Got coming from that to go to a brand new fucking apartment complex with pools and there are like multiple pools. I'm like, what is going? This is big leagues, man, you know? So I go there, team just takes care of me. Like, it's crazy. And I'm in Tampa, Florida. There's people, there's girls. I'm like, I've never seen anything like it. I literally like, don't even call. I usually, I, 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 was, I call the coach and all the other ones, right? I don't even call it. I signed. I signed and I called him after. There we go. And he was so mad because apparently he had like, like UNC, some big programs lined up. But just like, bro, I signed. Fuck. It's like, for me at the time though, it's just like coming from a small town in Korea to small town in Canada to a very small town in Kansas. What's better than Tampa, Florida? You know, I was like, I got to sign here. I, I, I have to go here. So, I ended up signing there, man. I still, like, I still talk. We when I met him a couple of days ago, we still talked about it. He's like, "You shouldn't have signed there." I'm like, I, I, "I had a good time in Tampa, you know. Like, I love that place." So I lived there for a year in Tampa, Florida, at a Division One school. Again, another ass kicking when you go to fall ball. He's like, "Oh, I was good in JUCO again, right?" So I was good, just like when I was good in high school. And there's a little ass kicking that when I went to JUCO, same thing. JUCO, I was good. But now I went to a pretty big, we're, at the time we're ranked like a 50th in the nation. So like pretty good D1 school out of 300. So I show up, we got like dudes that are like, that got drafted in high school, didn't sign and shit like that. I've never played wow. with anyone like that, right? So they're like very toolsy, like dudes that were throwing like 90 plus. We had a, we had a starter throwing like 92, 94. Like I'm like, whoa, this, this is a different ball game now. You know what I'm saying? So I show up again, I shit the bed first week. And I'm like, okay, all right, that's fine though. But now I'm used to that. Now I'm used to, I'm used to this challenge, right? So, and I'm not afraid to take on that challenge. So I ended up fucking balling out, fucking lifting. And that was the biggest change lifting wise, because we, in JUCO at the time, the only workout we did was P90X. I don't know if you guys remember P90X is like a, it's basically a weight loss program that these jabroni made for regular people. This has nothing to do with baseball. Does that make sense? Oh, and yeah. Oh, yeah. that's that's all we had in JUCO. So that's all we knew. So we just did P90X workouts thinking that's good for baseball, which it wasn't. <laughs> but we're still like working out more than the other. So that was still better than doing nothing than I was in high school. And I went to USF where our strength coach was a football strength coach. So we had the same strength coach that football guys had. So this is my first time like I'm lifting big weights, man. We're benching. We're, we're doing cleans. Like we're squatting heavy. I'm like, this is also a change, right? So I'm like, okay, but I'm really good at adapting to the change. I'm like, all right, let's fucking go. All right, so I ended up squatting. My squat, when I started, is like three plates or something like that, like 275, three plates, just like regular people, you know, like regular jabroni. 
and I end up squatting like 450, like 440. Wow, wow. But because like I'm like, okay, like this coach tell me exactly what I need to do. Like this is what like we had that's my first time doing splits. Like like Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, split, whatever it was. Like, it's my first time doing that. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go full sand. That's all I did. Again, but I'm used to that structure, right? Of the career, like very structured. So I'm like, I'm down with that. I don't care. Some of the guys were like, were not like they'll kind of do it a little bit, like kind of fuck around. But I was fucking going full sand. So I went full sand. I ended up getting strong as shit, and then ended up with that. I was hitting better. I was I was throwing harder and stuff like that. So ended up end end of the fall, beginning of the fall, I was hitting less than a hundred. End of the fall, I was hitting like four forty with like eight jacks. I led the I led the team in the in fall ball with with homers, batting average, everything. So now that's also my first time getting like exposed to scouts and stuff. Okay. So there were zero scouts in Juco. I mean, fucking there's none. Now it's a little bit better because the conference got a little better. But even so, like you might get one or two scouts here and there max, you know, when you're doing a big tournament. I go to USF in the fall ball, bro. We had 15 scouts. Just I'm like, like I'm catching like, what are these people? They're like, oh, they're scouts. Obviously, they look like scouts. They got radar guns and shit. I'm like, right. what is going on, right? So I'll never forget it, man. I had my first uh, questionnaire, uh, like, like a letter from a big league club. It was the Rays. It was, I believe it was a Rays. That was the first one I ever got. I show up in the locker after fall ball practice. We had a little scrimmage or whatever. Come back. There's like a letter on my in my locker. There's no one else got it. My locker is the only one that had a letter. I'm like, what? what is this? And everyone's like, People just like kind of like dabbing me up a little bit. I'm like, hey, man, good shit or whatever. I open it. It's a questionnaire. So basically what they, what it is like, it's a questionnaire. The MLB teams get you to fill out before like you get drafted. And basically when you get the letter, it's like, okay, you got a shot to play Pro Bowl. Basically it's that, it's that sense of that. That doesn't mean you're going to get drafted. You know, some people, like some of my friends had these and, and they didn't get signed or they didn't get drafted or whatever. But I ended up, like, I got my first one. I'm like, oh, this is like a life-changing moment for me, right? Because I'm from a small town, small yeah, town, yeah. Kansas, to like, boom. All of a sudden, like, okay, now, like, whatever I did, all that, like, I wasn't sure if I was good enough to play Pro Bowl. Like, you, I've always wanted to play Pro Bowl. That was my goal, right? Like, when you're a kid, every kid wants to play fucking Pro Bowl, right? But you don't know if it's a reality or not. But that's the first time, like, oh, shit, this could be. This could be a real thing, you know? So I ended up getting my first one. And all of a sudden, again, I balled that. While I was doing that, I was, I was destroying fall ball. And I'm facing our, our scrimmage. We're facing dudes throwing like 90 plus, you know, our own pitchers, right? And I'm just nuking them left and right. And and I ended up getting 25 questionnaires from 30. Like there are 30 teams or 25 questionnaires. So I'm like, wow, wow. This is like a, I went from a nobody to like, oh, Apparently, I'm going to get drafted now, you know, like, so went through that. I think I got the most questionnaires than anyone in the team. But I mean, some guys did have like questionnaires from like years prior or whatever. So I think I think they were okay with that. But anyways, ball down the fall ball. I'm like, dude, I'm going to get drafted. I'm going to ball the fuck out. Let's go. And season comes and I shit the bed, you know, like I went from hitting 400 in fall ball, hitting eight jacks to I ended a season like 240. With zero homers, which was fucking like very, very disappointing. And and, and we started off this season, preseason, you know, they do preseason ranking and stuff at the D ones. We're the biggest conference, which is a good conference. We had like UConn, Louisville. So I was playing against dudes like uh, like Preston Tucker from Florida. I played against uh, played against George Springer. He went to UConn. Uh, Nick Ahmed uh, that also played at UConn. 
Matt Barnes also at UConn. Wow. I was playing against um, uh, Yasmani Grandel at Miami. Like I was playing against dogs, right? I was playing against big leaguers, you know. Like now, big, leaguers, you know what I'm saying? So, and 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 it was a it was a it was a culture shock, man. It was like to see those motherfuckers. Oh, dude, I, I remember playing against Yasmani Grandel, right? I'm like, why are you here? Yeah, I was just like looked at him like, why switch hitting catcher, bro? He was a good catcher, like throwing guys out, good arm. And he was hitting fucking nukes from both sides of the plate. It was like, it was a joke. Like, yeah, I think he had like 400, like just crazy numbers. And I'm like, I saw that, right? I'm like, dude, like this is next level stuff. You know, I thought I was pretty good getting all these questionnaires and stuff. Like these are like for sure first rounder. I remember playing against Yasmani Grandel. They're like, they're like probably like 60 scouts. I don't know how they have 60 scouts when they're 30 big league teams. You know, it's like, they're like cross checkers. They had like, they had like, Scouting directors, everybody showed up. I'm like, oh my, like this is wild, you know. Like, so I played against that competition, and I, I just couldn't, I just couldn't figure it out, you know. So, and I've been 240 offensive wise, zero production, but I was a, I was a good defensive catcher. I throw out a lot of guys. I had a good arm behind the plate, and I throw out like more than 40 percent of the runners, which is elite, you know. So I throw out a lot of guys and good arm so there is potential there so i ended up getting drafted regardless which was i ended up getting drafted in the 27th round by the giants which is funny i don't even think i signed a questionnaire for the giants i signed for all these other teams and the fucking the team takes me is the one i didn't even sign a questionnaire for you know so which is wild but yeah that draft story is also fucked up because i thought i was gonna get drafted higher still because i'm like oh like i mean i i was getting a lot of interest and when you're close to getting drafted, all the scouts will call you and be like, hey, like, we're looking to take you whatever round. Like, so at the time, right before the draft, I was talking to the Braves a lot. Braves were, like, all over me. Their scouting uh, scout and the scouting director were calling me all the time. So I was, I remember we were at a biggest conference tournament, and I was getting a call every single day from the Braves scout, which is a good feeling. You know, like, when you get a call from scout, like, he's checking on me, like, how'd it go? Like, hey, man, good shit today. Like, he was, if he's watching me or whatever. And like, hey, like, how you feeling? How's your body? Like, everyone, like, I'm healthy. I'm ready to go. And they'll ask you things like, what are you willing to sign for? And I'm like, I'm good for slot money, which every slot has a designated amount. I'm like, I'm fine with, I don't fine with those. Whatever slot money, I don't, I'm not looking for too much more. And they're like, okay, cool. And so they're willing to take me eight, between eight to the 10th round. Because again, I was a really good defensive catcher with Ugman. Hitting wise, they probably could, thought they could fix me or whatever, right? So, I'm watching the draft. I'm talking to the Brave Scout every day, basically, until the, the draft comes up. Eight round comes, nothing. Ninth round, nothing. Tenth round, nothing. I'm like, oh, oh. fuck, man. What, what's going on here? Fifteenth round, nothing. And I literally just closed my left because I was in, I'll never forget it. I was in Canada because during the draft, I got like, you're, it's after the season or whatever. So I talked to him all through it. We got done with the tournament. We didn't end up not making it. I flew home and I was just like waiting to get drafted. You know, I was like mid mid June or whatever, early June. And after the 15th round, man, I literally was just, just looking at the laptop like this. I'm just so mad, like just so angry. Cause like I thought for sure I was going to go eight, 10th round. Slot money at the time for a 10th round was like 80,000, 100K. That's a lot of money. Like I've never, I, I need that cause like I, I don't have much money. Nothing. So I closed my fucking laptop, bro. I'll never forget it. I was driving to the gym because because I was so mad. I'm like, I'm gonna go PR everything. You know what I'm saying? I, was like, I didn't even. I don't even drink pre workout. I I crush pre workout. I didn't even drink. Pre- I'm like, I'm fucking gonna go lift heavy today. You know, close my laptop, driving, and all of a sudden, 
I got drafted. I found out I got drafted on the 27th round by the Giants. I got a call from the Giants fucking scouter or whatever. And I mean, I was, I was, I could have been nicer probably, but I was like, <laughs> all right, cool. See ya. You know, boom, that's it. And I signed for 15 K as a 27th rounder. Again, money drops hard when you, when you get, that's why people want to, people say top 10 rounds all the time because of that, you know? So anyways, I ended up getting that. I signed. And then, and from then on, I became a San Francisco Giants minor leaguer, you know? So, and I was with them for six years. So, okay. So my question is, is have you ever told that story? I mean, to anybody else? I mean, this is an incredible story. That was the, yeah, that was no, the best mean, story. I've, like, one of the, like, I was so just, like, when you paused us, or when you paused and you're like, do you guys have anything that you want to say? Like, if, right, I, if I'm right. talking too much, I was like, no, just keep talking. Like, I'm loving every second of this. Yeah, because I wasn't sure because I'm just going off, you know, about my life story. But again, I think I can share a lot because I've been through so much. Again, I think that's what makes me different unique than than a regular jabroni or whatever but yeah man i've been through a lot and but also also all that experience right going through all that going from uh, a, a small canadian korean whatever the fuck i've been through plus rico you know like and all of a sudden like the getting drafted going to a d1 like I've been there and done that, you know, and, and I've never made it to the big leagues, but I mean, I can, my story is, is, is unique, you know, and I think that's way, that's what makes me successful the way I do now. Like I'm a fucking content creator now. I didn't see myself doing this, you know, like when I first moved to Canada, like I couldn't even talk cause I couldn't speak English. I was very shy. Right. From that to like what I am doing now on a, on a daily basis. Definitely doing not this, shy now. It, it, it's, it's, it's wild, you know? So I think all the experience I've been through, that kind of shame me to who I am now. And that's why I think, I think, I think I'm, I'm a lot better off now than, than ever before, you know, because I've been through all that. So this is, this is the, of course, I didn't, I didn't know that you were born in Korea and I didn't, yeah, yeah, know, a lot of people don't know. Right, right. I didn't know that you had that, that crazy experience about, man, it's just baseball all the time. No school. You're just, you're just living on the diamond and, you know, parents are cooking for you and you're going every day and 45 minutes to the field. And, and if you miss a ball, you're getting spanked with the fungo bat. I mean, I I will not, I remember, I'll never forget. Cause like I said, I had to, I had to ride the bus for 45 minutes each way after. So we go to practice, right. And you fuck up, you get beat up. Okay. So I basically like fucked up, got beat up. On the way back, the 45 minute bus, I couldn't sit down because I was hurting so fucking bad. Oh, so I, I was 11 or whatever on in the bus crying, just standing up. Like, I'm just like holding onto his poles because I'm not even tall enough to grab onto that. You know, it's like, it's just like just crying on the way home. Like, that's what I've been through. You know, it just, wow. but again, that was, but I was, it's not like, I'm the only one that went through that. Like all my teammates were going through the same shit, you know? So it's not like, well, it's just me, you know? So it's like, you just got to do it. When it's like a cultural thing, you just do it. Now I think about it. I'm like, if coach touches me, like, I'll fuck you up, you know? Like, but, but I couldn't do that one as a kid. Like that, you, right. you just, you just do it, you know? So, yeah. 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 Let's think about that. Next time coach yells at us and we start crying. Let's, yeah. let's think about what King of Juco went through. Stop. <laughs> you, you know, what's, fascinating too is that you come over to canada you, you come over to canada bro you don't know english and no. you've got to it enter will. into the school system you hadn't been in school yep. in five years you got to pick mm -hmm. up the language you got to try to manage math and science and just that yeah. whole aspect to it now i mean yeah. even just learning to study and catch up and 
through that whole thing, that formative experience coming through the different countries and cultures, eventually coming to the United States and figuring out the college JUCO landscape and thriving there. I mean, now what you do is you talk on the internet. That's what you right, do. That's, that's what I do. And, and, and that's crazy though, because honestly, if I didn't go through that, like my English won't be as good or, or, yeah. you know, there are a lot of things that I benefit now because I went through so much, you know, like if I didn't play baseball, like if I just moved to Canada, like, like I, I don't think my English will be as good as it is now, or my people skill will be as good as now right. or, or my, my shyness or whatever. Like I'm not, I'm not afraid of nobody now, you know, like, so all that stuff, I, th- I think I benefit now from going through those experiences of the, the, yeah, it sucked, you know, like dude, learning, learning English. Like I've done a lot of hard stuff, but learning English from not knowing anything is by far like the hardest shit I've ever done. Like, I mean that you, you like, imagine, imagine bear right now. You fucking, they're like, okay, you're going to ship you out to Japan and you need to survive. That would, that would be horrible, you know, cause you don't speak Japanese. Awful. You literally go, you'll be, you have to go and survive. You know, like in their culture, they eat their food, everything, right? So, and there was no turning back for me. I'd never visited a like I was like, I had to stay here and survive. You know, like so. But when you get into that situation, at that, you know, it, it, it sucks, especially at that young age. But at the end of the day, though, all that experience I've been through, it made me who I am now. So I'm, I'm thankful for it. I wouldn't do it again. You know, like fuck that. But like, it, 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 I'm, I'm better off now because. For sure. I'm I'm looking forward to watching the King of Juco movie something. Yeah, I was just about to say that's going yeah. to be a movie. Hey, let's get on Netflix, whole, baby. Hey, Bert Kreischer did that movie on his whole experience over in Russia. Yeah. You can do King of Juco's experience. Yeah, in Korea. We'll go to Korea, Canada, and we'll fucking go to the my Juco and then like finish it there. I mean the it's it's I mean, it's just, it's powerful because, I mean, I feel like you're an embodiment of the American dream, man. I mean, you came here, man, you, you learned the language, brother, you, you, I mean, you hit the weights, you found a way to succeed on the field. You worked your way up the ranks. You got into pro ball. Now, now you're, now you're making your living on the internet, talking about baseball and just crazy adventures on social media and all of that. It's just, it's, it's powerful. Yeah. That, yeah. What I think, what I think is really cool about it is that I had never heard about it or like mm-hmm. any of your story until just now. Like I know mm-hmm. you from what I've seen, but right. I, like your backstory, like you don't talk about it. And I think that's actually really cool. Is like when you keep stuff to yourself, like the only way people know about Bruce Bold is if they ask me, like if right. none of my friends knew about it for the first like year or two years of me working on it. And then they'd be, they saw something that was like, Bear Mare has a company. Um, but like, I feel like that's kind of the same thing for you. No one would ever know that about you unless you said it. And I think that's kind of like a cool thing that, you know, you don't use that to, you know, bring yourself attention. It's just, it's there. If you want to hear it and ask about it, ask me about it, but you don't use it to bring yourself attention. You, you are just you. I think that's really yeah. cool. I yeah. feel like we just got like a little Bruce Bolt exclusive here. Yeah, <laughs> we just we got we got the backstory. We got the yeah you know, we got the drop on it. Yeah. Okay. So connect the dots for us, Eric, because obviously, I mean, man, seeing from where you came from, where you ascended in baseball, and the grind that you went through along the way, I feel like there's just a ton for our listeners, our customers, the Bruce Bolt community to glean from that and see and and just get a window into what it takes to succeed up to that level. 
Connect the dots for us now, though. How did you go from playing in the minors to mm-hmm. living on the internet and being, I mean, frankly, one of the most well-known, most watched persons in, in the realm Most influential, for sure. Yeah. I one, mean, one of the most influential voices in baseball. I mean, how, how, how did you get there, man? Yeah, that itself is another story. We're going to be here for two hours. No, just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, so I got done playing baseball when I was age 27. 2016, I ended up getting a call from, from, from Pro Ball. And those calls are very, very short, man. I was there for six years with them. I know everybody there. You know, you know, like I was close with everyone. And all it is, man, is a quick little five-minute phone call, bro. It's just like, wow. hey, we love you, but we got no room for you. Say yeah. That's it. That's all it was. So I got that call, right? And I'm 27. And I have, I don't have a degree because I didn't get to finish school because I got drafted as a junior. So I didn't have anything to really fall back on or anything like that. And and so I didn't really have any plans. So I ended up playing a little bit more. I tried to get signed again, played indie ball and all that. Didn't pan out. So what I ended up doing was I ended up taking over a bar as a bartender. So I started as a bartender and I ended up becoming a bar manager. So I did that for four and a half years. So I ran a small bar in Canada for four and a half years while I was doing it. So when I just got done playing baseball, like I'm like, I'm done with training. I'm fucking over it. And I was broke. I, when I got released in 2016, I'll never forget it. All I had was uh, in my bank, I had 500 bucks to my name. So that's all I had, 500 bucks cash. Because my 15K signing bonus, that's nothing. After tax, I got like 11K. And those I use off to live off in the off season, right? So you live with that money in the off season, whether it's buying food or or supplements or whatever, gym membership, whatever it was, you know? And then I was working every off season to give baseball lessons. You get like 50 bucks an hour or whatever. And then you use that to, you know, gas or whatever it may be. I basically just survived Pro Bowl, okay? With barely nothing. And when I got done, I remember checking a bank account. I got 500 bucks, $500 left in my checking account. That's all I had. I have no degree, 500 bucks. I'm 27. All my friends are from high school. They're working their jobs, making 50, 60 K a year. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just like, I'm, I'm really behind, you know? Like, so I ended up, the only jobs I could get were like service industry that would hire with no background or no nothing. You know, you can, right. you, even like anybody, if they, if you want to be a bartender, you can get a, you can get a bartender. You can go apply multiple fucking bars and you can get a job, you know, like whether it's a bar back or bartender. So I ended up getting a job as a bartender it's something I've never done before. And as soon as that happened, I'm like, okay, I need to go full sand here just the way I am. So, like, I learned about, like, bar tricks and fucking slinging drinks, recipes, everything. I went full sand on that. <laughs> so, I ended up bartending, just bartending for a year and a half, two years. And then I became a bar manager, ran the whole bar for two and a half years after that. Now, when I was doing that, I didn't do any workout or nothing. I basically got really out of shape. I went from my playing weight when I played was 240 with like muscle, you know? And then when I got like in the midst of the, the bar managing, I got up to 290. So 290 is the heaviest I've ever been. Now, usually stuff like that happens when you're not doing physical activities all the time, right? So I ended up, it just one day, man, out of nowhere, I just like got up, I'm two, I'm fat as shit. Look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, damn, like I need, you got to change. All right. So from that day on, I started training. I just started training. And at the time, this was three, four years ago, 
I didn't. I just didn't see a whole lot of really good baseball uh, training content out there, other than a bunch of a like do this and you'll gain five miles an hour. Like, no, that's not how it fucking works. Okay. So I ended up just sharing my training process of how I'm going to go from really out of shape. I'll never forget it. I went to go throw first day, day one, like I'm out of shape as shit. I'll still go to some local tiny little field in Canada. It's like a little league field and I'm throwing in a little league field with a pocket radar. That's what I had from playing. I threw 70, I was 74. I threw 74, Max, I'm talking, I'm grunting, and my elbow's hurting so bad. I'm just letting it eat. I'm like, I just want to see where I'm at. I didn't yeah. do shit for two, over two years. Let's see where I'm at. Throw 74, I'm 290. I'm like, okay, that is my starting point. Let's 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 take it to, let's have fun with this shit. Let's take it to, now every single day I journeyed my training, my eating, my lifting. I started going to the gym, like all that. Now, funny story with the gym, like I ended up getting kicked out of my gym because I was too loud, like lifting weight, like I lift up. <laughs> And I was lifting heavy, you know, like I, I still do lift heavy. So I was deadlifting like 500 pounds, like squatting wow. 500, like, and then the gym was like a, some 24 hour fitness. You know, they're like, yeah, you, you're not, you can't do that here. I'm like, okay. Like, so, <laughs> so I remember, I'll never forget it. The lady that ran the gym, she was the owner. She came up to me like, Hey, like you have two choices. You either get kicked out now because like you can't do what you're doing now. Or number two is change your how you work out so that it's not as like crazy, obnoxious, or whatever. I literally looked at Dan in your eyes. I'm like, okay, today's the last day. See ya. So I went home that day, started researching. And this is about the time like where COVID kind of was starting. So like they're getting shut down anyway. So I'm like, whatever, I don't give a shit. So I went home and I YouTube like like concrete gym. Like, cause I saw one like something somewhere. I saw Somebody making concrete. So I made my entire backyard gym with concrete weights. I'll never forget that. that I mean, that's when my stuff was kind of taken off. Like, but if I didn't do the concrete weights, man, in my backyard, you know, going to Home Depot, buying fuckload of concrete and making these shitty 35, 40 pound weights, wow. you know, I still have videos on my IG from those days. I wouldn't be where I am now, you know, like, so, uh, and so I ended up literally building the gym with concrete weights. I bought a, a little, like, a, you know, those, you know, those, what do you call those, like, rebars or whatever, you know, oh, I yeah. taped them up, and then I, it was just a jankiest setup for a gym, <laughs> and I ended up getting stronger, because I'm like, I don't care, yeah. that's the thing, I'm used to it, I'm used to having nothing, I'm I'm used to that, uh, let's make it happen, I'm good at adapting, let's make it happen, so fucking, I built a concrete, and then I started sharing all my, like I said, I was sharing all my throwing, training, people like, what the hell is that? You know, you concrete weights like this motherfucker is crazy, you know, like, and then I did the journey of, I want to throw hard again. So I ended up doing the biggest thing that got me started doing what I'm doing is called 95 or die journey. So I went from like, so I started training from 74 and I got up to all the way to 95 on Let's the go. mound. Um, and go. I was training and I trained every single day, every day, zero days off. I trained for, and I documented this every single day. It's on YouTube as well. It's my first YouTube video that did good. And, and I, I trained for 151 days straight every single day, wow. 151 days straight, which is like four months or just over that or whatever. And, and I went fucking full sand. All I did basically go to work, get that done, come back and I'm fucking training. And, and you know what I'm saying? So I, I went, I went to, when I was bar managing too, I was working like, I mean, 12, 14 hour days sometimes because we had functions and we had like, I was doing everything, you know? So, and it was, it was a lot, you know, but. When I came home, bro, like there's no, like I am 
doing everything I can to throw 95. You know, that was my only goal, you know. So, and I ended up getting there within 151 days. And that's when I kind of, my social media kind of started to take off a little bit. And then when I got done with bar managing, because I, I met my wife here before. So we're doing long distance for four and a half years or whatever. So I'm like, this shit's got to, shit, she's over it, you know? So yeah. I'm like, all right, it's time to move. So I came down to the States and, and I didn't really have any plan. This was not an option or a job or anything like that. Being a content creator, like at the time, like my social media is growing. I have like 10K followers or whatever on IG, but nothing crazy. So I, it's not like I'm going to make money doing it, you know? I was doing YouTube, but like, I'm, they're not making any money. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll, I'll never forget it. My, when I first started YouTube, man, I didn't get to a thousand subs in in like over a year. I think it took me like, like a year and a half, year, year and a half to get to 1,000 subs because there was no shorts or anything like that at the time. And now I get a fucking like thousand a day. It, it's it's wild. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Like it's just, it's just crazy amount of growth. But yeah, that's how my stuff started. I came down here with nothing, but I did save up a little bit of money managing the bar for and running the bar for four and a half years. So I was like, okay, when I first came, came down here and, and, and I was going to just chill for, I don't know, half a year trying to figure out what I want to do, whether it's a, most likely I was going to get a job as a bartender, something like that here. Hopefully I can move up the ranks here as well. And, and when I first got down here, my buddy, uh, Taiki called me. He, he was, uh, he, I trained a driveline with Trevor and Taiki and all the people. And, and, and he hit me up. He's like, Hey, like, are you a Tom? Like, Oh yeah. Like, yeah. What, what's up? Like, he's like, Hey, like, we got this momentum, like a content creating baseball company. Like, I mean, and you're like, perfect. Like, you just want to like, see what happens with them. I'm like, sure. Like, so he gave me a camera. And basically I ran around with that camera everywhere, you know, whether it's live at bats or whatever, just right. not knowing there's going to be a job. I'm just doing it because I love baseball. And there's, I mean, I don't really have anything else to do, you know? So I started running around with this, this, this camera, man. I mean, I don't know if you can see this is there a camera. Is. I don't know if you can see the 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 tape job here. Shout out to Doug Tape, very Juco style because that's all we do it. here. It is a slightly different camera. It's a little bit better than what I used to, but hey, give me this setup and like have fun with it. I'm like sick, so I went everywhere, started shooting content, and my started my shit started to blow up. So like I'm I'm facing like pro guys, and I'm still I'm like talking shit. It's like everyone's like, the hell is this guy, and I and I'm and I'm not and I'm good. Like I play baseball. Like I play baseball all my life. I'm pretty good like i'm that's one thing i'm good one thing i'm good at is baseball i might be shitty a lot of things i am good at baseball you know so i was like this asshole's talking all this shit and he's hitting tanks of these pro guys or college arm like throwing like 90 plus who is this guy you know and then like the concrete waste stuff came about as well like people like dude i've seen you at concrete gym or whatever that's you like so my star started to take off and then uh linked up with them, like the, the woman and crew and then they wouldn't hire me as a content creator so that's that's my that's how my journey started as a content creator at, at momentum and kind of doing what i'm doing now as, as, as a living man so well eric i think i think you're selling yourself a little short because i, <laughs> I know i know that you're good at baseball but i think i think you got some design skills on you too because so <laughs> I mean, I've just. I've been hey, I mean, that. we got a we got a banger coming soon. Can we share I, that? Can we share I mean, that I, here? Or uh, yeah, we can we can share that you've got gloves coming. We just won't. I'm gonna send you something real quick. We just can't show it to the camera. Okay. We can't show it. We can't show it to everybody yet. But you can see it because it's your it's your glove. You know. Oh, just, just a, oh, the prototype. Oh. Just to clue everybody yeah, so in. 
sending through right now, but you'll get it okay. in about two seconds here. And and just for our audience listening, there may or may not be some. There's some, the chime. Some King live reaction. Juco, King of Juco batting gloves. King of Juco Bruce Bolt batting gloves coming down. Oh, coming down the pipe. Dude. Let's get that live reaction. What? There it is. Dude, that's, that's, what, that's, that's nice, dog. That's nice. You got to stay through the whole story to get to get the big reveal at the end. I mean, not that we're Bro. showing them, but I think this is a good foretaste of what's coming down the pipe. I like this. They look, they look that pretty is, phenomenal. That's nice, dog. Hey, stay tuned, everybody. Stay, stay tuned. Exactly. Stay tuned. Aaron, uh, they they turned out beautiful. I'm yes. excited for those. They're a th they're a thing of beauty. They're a thing of beauty, and I look forward to getting to reveal them to our whole yeah, Bridge Bowl community. Let's yeah. go, baby. Eric, we really appreciate you coming on the pod today, man, and telling your story. It. That has got to that, be, it's that, gotta be a Netflix movie someday. Yeah, Netflix <laughs> movie, but I was also going to say that's got to be, so far, I think, are the favorite podcasts that we've done. My favorites have been with the influencers or what we call our global ambassadors, you and Coach Rack. Those have been my two favorite. Because, yeah. like, hearing y'all's yeah. stories to where you are now, yeah, I mean, I think they're incredible. Yeah, like, I've, I've like you're, what you told it. Like, I I didn't want to stop listening. I was hoping you were going to keep going <laughs> yeah. the whole day. I was, I was going to cancel all my meetings. <laughs> yeah, man. Again, thank you, thank you guys for having me on, and and I'm glad I got to share a little bit of my story. Again, I I don't get to do this all the time because like it, it's 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 not something I do. You know, like you said, Bear. Like it's not like I'm like, hey, like everyone hear my story. Like I don't care about that. I'm just gonna be me. If you love me for it, great. If not, no big deal. You know, but. Hopefully this kind of stuff is uh, is a good little, you know, like little little instead of me doing crazy shit like you know wearing you know baseballs in the nuts or something. It's a nice little change, you know what I'm saying? Which you yeah, know, I'm, I'm willing to do that. You know, it's just it's a nice little change on like where I came from. And again, I think not many people know the full my journey and stuff like that. And I don't get to share these often. So thank you guys for providing this platform to to share my story and just. Again, I think I think we could have literally sat down for like three, four hours and just like so. just we could have went off too. But it just so. yeah, maybe we get, cool as well. we get King of Juco Bruce Bolt podcast part two. We'll sit down yeah, for another. Let's go, baby. People want it. Give it to the people. <laughs> Give the people what they want. I, yeah, yeah the right. people are gonna want it. But I think Chris and I want it more than anyone. We do. <laughs> and, and Eric, just for uh, just in case, in case there's a few people on planet Earth that have not yet discovered you and found you and subscribed and followed you, where can they do that on the interwebs? You can search King of Juco. That's 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 my brand or my name, Eric Sam. My my YouTube channel, I still keep it Eric Sam. It's my name. And the reason is that because when I first started YouTube, I want to see how far I could make it with myself. And that's why I'm not afraid to show myself in the in the videos and stuff. And that's what I do. But I just wanted to see how far I could make it in this space of baseball YouTube, baseball content. And that's why I still use my my name, Eric Sim, to, to do that. And you can find me on, on social media. I'm everywhere, man. I mean, whether you hate me or not, you probably fucking see me. So, like, yeah. you know, make sure, yeah. if you yeah. see like, me, make sure you fucking subscribe, okay? <laughs> we love it. And and King of Juco, Bruce yep. Collab, coming soon. Yep. Coming soon. Yep. Coming right. soon. In the works, but we'll get yep. the reveal out there. Uh, this was just a little taste. I'm glad you liked the way they turned out. I mean, when I walked in today and I saw those. That, that's uh, 
honestly, when we designed it, like you don't know what it's gonna look like because I mean it's just like you know on a palette or whatever. But yeah. that that's nice, dude. Oh, it's wow, it's good nice. looking. It is. I'm excited for that. I think people are gonna love that. Yeah, I'm excited. Shout out to Bear for making this happen, man. The beautiful designs and that's fucking awesome. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm super excited. Eric, thank you again for hopping on this and talking about your story. And yeah, just really appreciate it. This was fun. That was great, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. Awesome. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it.